Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Supermix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling BST presents Mega Clash, August 20th, from the Rafola Center in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Watch newly crowned Monarch Champion Evie De La Rosa defend her title against Vina Von Starr. A rivalry reignited in the main event, Lucas Chase challenges Dustin Waller in a ladder match for the BST Championship. It all comes to a head one final time. like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. Welcome, everybody, to the PWZ Podcast. This is Rick Del Santo, and joining me here today, he's back, everybody, Showtime Marcel Williams. How are you, sir? What's going on? We are here, finally, July 19th. You know, you probably thought we probably quit or I quit. Nah, not exactly. Just uh, family stuff going on and uh, some other stuff recuperating for the from the 30 minute Iron Man match I did uh, last week or the week before last. And uh, now we got to start for fresh. We got some catching up to do. I want to ask you about that match. I was there in attendance. I thought it was a very good match. How did you feel after that? Uh, I was beat up. I wasn't blowing up. I was actually, uh, I could have went another uh, 30 minutes if I wanted to, but um, it just, uh, it wasn't working my way within a few seconds. Lucas Chase pulled out a, a a victory before two minutes, and I had two minutes to try to catch up or even tie it up and just didn't get it done. But life moves on, and now I got to recover and try to uh, work up the ranks in the Northeast. I do have that match uh, recorded, and it will be – released shortly to the PWZ uh, uh, YouTube channel outlets uh, in the in the coming weeks. I thought it was a really, really good match. Very fun for me to watch. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that you was entertained. And uh, I'm going to answer T and Coupon a question. Was that my longest match I ever had? Absolutely. I had 20-minute uh, matches, 25 minutes. But we had an extra five minutes. I did the 30. Um you know, a lot of cardio, a lot of training go into this this sport that we call professional wrestling. And I knew the 30 minutes was coming up, so it was a lot of cardio being done, and it worked out well. Yeah, so uh, anybody that's listening, keep an eye out for our YouTube channel. It will be uh, coming up shortly, and like I said, in the coming weeks. Thank you, Tian Kuponer, for tuning in and for that question. So, Sasha Banks. 
<laughs> yeah. What you got sure. to I say mine. <laughs> she released her asking price. I guess she's making uh, convention appearances, etc. For non-wrestling appearances, her asking price is $30,000 per appearance. It's insane. I want to know. I mean, if you're one of those bigger conventions like Comic-Con, etc., all that kind of stuff, you have no problem making your money back, I think. It's very possible you make your money back on a weekend shop because those are like three-day festival type things. But there's no way anybody can hire her for $30,000 and make that money back. Personal opinion. Yeah. Good evening to Guardian Chaos. Thank you for tuning in. Um, AGOC. I disagree with you. I, mean, I I agree with you with that bit. If it's a little small convention, how do you give her $30,000? But I agree with the asking price. Some people are disagreeing saying that she should have did more. Um, I think Undertaker do what, like almost uh, $20,000, maybe $10,000, something like maybe $10,000, maybe even more. But she is the hot topic of professional wrestling. She is still uh, fresh off of WWE. She hasn't been on AEW or anything like that. Um, hey, you got you got to uh, do certain conventions and do what you what you worth for. They go make the thirty thousand dollars not only for her, but they go make it. Trust me, they go make it plus the interest. Uh, Team Couponer has a point here. I was just about to bring up this uh, company here. Wonder if High Spots will pay thirty thousand for Sasha. Now, you're talking about The Undertaker, Marcel, and he is at least minimum $100 per autograph per you know per person, but he will only sign certain things. So I'm assuming that maybe would the Sasha be a higher price for that, for such, uh, such a thing? Not a research that, that I dug in was uh, she's charged, they charge in $90 per autograph. Um, okay. Yeah, it makes sense to charge it. Listen, this is uh these is not one of those uh signings where you uh pay ten dollars or five dollars for some signature from some old timers. These are updates, these are uh Sasha Banks. No disrespect to the old timers. I, I understand that you need to make your money, make your funds or whatever it is, but you're not currently on WWE television, you're not fresh off of a WrestleMania main event from two years ago. Um you're not even fresh off the Hall of Fame. And I'm talking about the Undertaker itself. So whatever money that they ask for is well worth it. And trust me, any convention will make their money back, even on top of the pay that they already gave them. Uh, GOC says supply and demand. I understand that. I just, for some reason, I just think that's a, I just, I, my personal opinion, I have a, a lot of vendors, you know, might not be able to make that back and they'd be a little crazy. And let, like I said, unless it's at for like a comic con or something like that, where it's a three day uh, event festival type thing. So that's my personal opinion on there. No, I respect your opinion. I understand you. When I first heard it, I kind of thought she like really, I don't think she, un, I don't think she under like charge. I think $30,000 is a fair price. Is a fair price. She could have charged fifty thousand dollars. She could have did. She should. She could have did way extra. So um, 
I feel would like you paid ninety dollars. Would I pay ninety dollars? Yeah. Um, you already paid some of that when you had the uh, fan access event for her to to okay. meet her or the Undertaker for like the whole three what three days of uh mm-hmm. fan access. But no, I would not because I'm not into like going to meet and greet or signatures like that. But with the fan access, you also pay that certain amount of price as well, especially with uh, prices going up. So you can imagine what fan access is going to be next year. And the collector market is extremely hot right now for the last couple of years since COVID, collecting uh, signatures, cards, 8 by 10s all that kind of stuff. It's like the value in that stuff has gone up quite a bit in the last couple of years. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I mean, listen, this business is all about the money. And she has an income to uh, to continue paying while she's not getting the WWE check or any other wrestling check that she's going to regular or even movie checks that she's maybe signing up for that she's not even done yet with. Um, but money has to be made. It's understandable. I would charge that price, too, because I got bills to pay. And it's not no bills that mean you pay on the regular. It's one of those bills, those, uh, those, uh, what, those six figure bills. Right. Yep. BST presents Mega Clash August 20th from the Rafola Center in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Watch newly crowned monarch champion Evie De La Rosa defend her title against Vita Von Star. A rivalry reignited in the main event. Lucas Chase challenges Dustin Waller in a ladder match for the BST Championship. It all comes to a head one final time. Do you like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. uh, I I read today that they are revamping the Honor Club. Uh, I guess that they are not accepting new members. For the meantime, and uh, what else was there? Any new signups are not going to be able to happen until the uh, until the new version is launched in the fall. And certain events, current pay per views, etc., are not going to be available. Uh, let's see, where did it say it? I believe it was. Did it say six months or? I think I missed that part, but it says that it will be probably six months after the original date. Okay. So you're going to a different uh, different style with ROH. Do you, yep. uh, before we go into this uh, pay-per-view event for, uh, actually, uh, make sure you tune in because it will be on BR Live that AEW uh, tunes in for pay-per-view events and Fight TV internationally. Um, that's another big deal for it to be uh debuting on BR Live, Bleach right. Report. Yeah. But um, you know, this is a. I, I kind of feel. I'll ask you this question: Do you feel like this pay per view will they announce the TV deal? 
I would really hope that they do announce something soon. Uh, the sooner the better, because a lot of people are starting to wonder where it's going. And people are starting to ask for it because they don't want to continue just to, you know, Ring of Honor fans, I don't think, are the same as AEW fans now that they're, you know, they're under the same ownership. I, um, I just think that, uh, I just, yeah, I don't think that they're going to be, uh, there's people that don't want to have to watch AEW see their favorite Ring of Honor superstars. You catch what I'm saying? Yeah, we talked about this early on a week privately about the uh, about the mix up between AEW television and ROH, which you feel like kind of watered down AEW as a whole. Um, as we watched the last uh, Dynamite, as I watched it as well, it seemed like they were trying to prep up for this ROH pay per view, which is fine. But you you got a brand that you build in already, which is AEW, trying to get this brand new TV deal, which will be um, hopefully they get the deal done by the end of 2023 or somewhere in between. But you got that product to build and then you're trying to build ROH that you don't even got a TV deal for. Do you think that at some point and I could feel this happening, do you think that? and I know it's as pathetic as it might sound, that there will be some sort of an invasion angle with Ring of Honor invading all elite wrestling? Um, I can see it happening, but the only way it will happen if you really do this as a separate entity. If yeah. you're going to continue to mix these shows up, um, put everything on dark on Rampage, it's not going to work. If you're going to have uh, Claudio be part of ROH, um, make sure he's part of ROH. Make sure Samoa Joe is part of ROH and then make it a big deal when they do the invasion. But right now, invasion is is, is not going to happen. And I kind of feel like it should uh, take a while. We talked about this with the, I told you, the brand extension has not worked ever. It has not worked worked for uh, Jim Crockett promotions with UWF. That's Um, correct. It has not worked with the Alliance. It has not worked with the only thing invasion that actually worked that was a work was the nwo invading wcw which was their own thing but besides two promotions separately um it never works for some reason i don't know why it is it's is a money maker but somehow politics get involved that's exactly it, it. doesn't yeah. work out uh, I want to put this back up here that TN Couponer stated that the Ring of Honor next pay per view, the one that's on BR Live, is $40. And that's a $10 increase. They used to be uh, $30 for the uh, when they were on Fight, etc., or Honor Club. Hey, so. it's, a new, it's a new logo, um, hopefully, new production. And, you know, added on stars. Why not pay the extra 10 get a better product than hopefully what it was before? Yeah. Either way, I think it's going to be a, a decent show so far. It's in Lowell, Mass. Uh, it's about two hours from where we are. Um, this is uh, the the main event ROH World Title. Jonathan Gresham taking on Claudio. That I think is going to be uh, a hell of a technical match right there. Absolutely, with the uh, Tully Blanchard in the corner or Jonathan Gresham, which happened uh, last week with the turn. So. I kind of like the 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 team up between these two with Jonathan Gresham and Tully Blanchard. He got the mouthpiece, and um, 
the dude is a great wrestler, man. Tully Branchard was a great wrestler back in the day, so it matches up. You know, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's a separate thing. You got Tully Branchard doing bigger things in ROH than he was doing in basically AEW. He had FTR, obviously, but the thing is now he's building a mega group instead of duplicating the four or uh, GOC says WCCW, that's world class Memphis and AWA, all work together. But not in real long with Lawler, Von Eric, and Bakowinko. Yep. Yeah, uh, it seemed like the AWA in Memphis had a pretty extensive uh, relationship for quite some time throughout the 80s. I think it was around 1988 that everything soured once they put that title on Jerry Lawler. He didn't want to keep making the trips up to uh, the north. So. Um, and obviously, they did that lone pay per view, Super Clash 3, that uh, I guess a lot of the people got uh, real greedy. Uh, you know, who did not want to put who over? And uh, Vern got greedy with paying out people. A lot of people went unpaid for that. So obviously, the entire thing just blew up right after that, that show. Underrated show. I think it got a lot of shit, but I think that's actually a fun show to watch with all these different promotions coming together. Absolutely. So uh, on top of that, there's also, let's see, two out of three falls for the Tag Team Championships. FTR defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against Jay and Mark Briscoe. This match was a classic early on in the year for WrestleMania weekend uh, for the Supercard. I'm looking forward to this one. This one is going to be an instant classic, probably uh, added to the match of the year candidates. As we uh, stack this up one by one <laughs> throughout the 2022. But uh, this match is probably going to steal the show. This is going to be a great match. Two great teams. I think, I think this right here is going to be the match of the night. That's what I'm predicting. Um, let's see. The women's title. Mar Mercedes Martinez defends against Serena Deeb. I think this is going to be another great match right here. Serena Deeb is uh, one hell of a great wrestler as well, as is Mercedes. It's just a legend. Yeah, this is going to be a good technical match with power of Mercedes Martinez and the technical uh, ability of Serena Deeb. Um, it's going to be a good woman's match that uh, makes the women proud in professional wrestling. Let's see here. What else did I not mention? There is... Okay. Uh, for the television title, Samoa Joe defending against Jay Lethal. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. Segments that's airing on Dynamite that they need to air. <laughs> um, but obviously built to something, and here we go. We got Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. I see Jay Lethal taking this one. Um, he's been on fire lately, especially as we segue into another event that he's going to be part of. But uh, Samoa Joe is... Uh, been holding on a championship, but been out doing movies, and I, I don't think he was injured. I think he was just uh, doing a movie. Um, but you think is Satnam Singh going to join him in Ring of Honor? Uh, I see that happening because you got a lot of people on the AEW roster that really needs to go to ROH to fill up that roster and make it a, a TV product that's different from AEW. A lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wheeler Yuta def uh, defends a pure championship against Daniel Garcia. Yeah, this is like a continued feud from uh, the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society. But uh, 
I guess the uh, the sequel after the Blood and Guts. But this is uh, for ROH uh, Pure Championship, and this probably is going to be a real uh, underrated match for ROH. And so far, that's it. We only have five matches listed. Five matches, more time for yeah. the performers. I see it being a a great event for the debut. Because I don't call Supercard the debut of Tony Khan. Obviously, he, he still didn't even sign a paper jet at that time. Right. But now this is the official Tony Khan um, ROH product that's happening um, for death before dishonor and that card was set before and that event was set before tony khan even became in the picture as well no nah, absolutely and uh tune in july 23rd we're gonna see something special for rh hopefully announce the tv deal to take it off of aw is that wrong with seeing every once in a blue moon have a little uh commercial promoting the event or something like that but having uh programs during Dynamite and during Rampage ain't helping the AEW product whatsoever. Guardian Chaos is uh, stating here that Garcia wins. You're predicting a title change off Wheeler Yuta? Interesting. I find that yeah, very well, interesting. He just got it. I don't see him losing it right away. Um, I can see Joe losing it. I can see Joe losing it. I can see uh, Jonathan Grisham losing it. Uh, probably messed up because you got the whole thing with Tully Blanchard that just started. So, all right, let's see what else do we got here. Let me bring down the notes a little bit more. Actually, wait, didn't you want to bring up something? Some more McMahon uh, footage or uh, news before we get further? <laughs> footage. If I have footage, we Not have footage. all type of ratings <laughs> on there. Um. Yeah, man. The Wall Street Journal released this was like two weeks ago or a week ago. They released the saying that there's more NDAs with a uh, Vincent Man with the sexual assault charges or whatever uh, affairs that he had. Um, I don't know, man. It's to the point now. I kind of feel like he'd need to resign. Um, there's obviously there was NDAs out there. There's confidentiality with the. Uh, supposedly victims or you know whoever relationships he had but i think it's time for a resign it's it's too much news around him in the company and i i don't see it happening but it'd be the right thing to do like i mean <laughs> my thing is you're saying it's the right thing to do but when has vince really ever for the sake of the company done what the right thing is to do. There's many, many times where he's gotten in himself into trouble, whether it be the steroid trial or, you know, the sexual allegations with like Patterson and Mel Phillips in the eighties, etc. You know, it's, it's like he uh, brushes this shit under the rug after a few months. You know what I mean? Uh, in the nineties, he, he uh, hired Jerry Jarrett to come in and help out just in case he went to prison. And, you know, that went away. I think it's not that he's untouchable. I just think that there's things that I think it's, I don't know. Does he have enough money to buy people out, to buy people off for this well, shit I to mean, go it away? Like it I'm did. not just 14, what, how many uh, millions of dollars that you had in NDAs? Like $12 million? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not just saying, you know, these women and, and such. I'm saying like the, these, these, the courts or what have you. It just seems a little fishy in my opinion. 
Yeah, it does, but sooner or later, um, something is up. That's just like uh, we watched Raw. Oh, I watched Raw at the beginning of it with Titus O'Neil, um, with his promo for Raw saying that they don't uh do religious stuff or they don't do anything extra. This is a safe haven. We already know about the WWE history here. Uh, <laughs> we have Vince McMahon wrestling God and you know um, Triple H uh, banging a dead woman and everything else under the sun. And now all of a sudden it's a safe haven. Uh, don't think so. And we we could see this from a mile away. Even with politics, they say they're not involved with politics. But once Linda ran for office, obviously. Uh, when they got attacked by the other uh, side of the fence, they sat here and uh, put up standby WWE. And then all of a sudden, you know, run a, uh, what, was a free show in Harvard to stand by WWE? Was it a free show or a, a, a show that was like $10 per ticket or something like that? I forgot what it was. That's so interesting. They did that. Okay. Yeah, it was a standby WWE event in Harvard. Never got another uh, event like that again because that was made for what it was made for but wwe is not the safe haven maybe it's something for me or you to get away for a good three hours to be entertained by certain performers but a safe haven from all the stuff that titus o'neill mentioned no nah, not exactly you know yeah i think you're right there's just too much history there for that kind of stuff you know there's just a lot of garbage that's happened there so i think you're right <laughs> but I'm done with that. I'm just like with uh, it's same with Sasha. As we find out with Sasha, with her asking price and what she's doing outside of WWE, we only could sit here and wait for the news to come. Um, as news came out earlier, Raw is going to be soon be T14, which I feel like won't change the project at all because there's certain things that they did do already that was TV14 or even close, and still Raw is the shits. Excuse my language, but uh, <clears throat> it is what it is. It doesn't matter what uh, what rating it is. It's still going to be the same three hours, same promos, same, uh, you know, same uh, a wrestler standing in the ring for 30 minutes. That's why 30 videos are playing. Oh. My opinion is this. It's not the rating that's the issue. It's the creativity. Yes. And don't give me that bullshit that, oh, we're changing the ratings so we have more leeway. That doesn't make sense whatsoever. Whatsoever. Professional wrestling was successful before the Attitude Era. It was very successful. The Attitude Era, just because people tuned in because they wanted to see shocking things. That doesn't mean, you know, you have to have the creative forces there in order to bring in the people, to, to bring in that quality product, to bring it in. And I'm not saying the Attitude Era was quality product, because if you go back and watch it, <laughs> that stuff does not hold up in 2022. Seriously. It sure, it sure doesn't, because it's like I tried going back and watching, because I'm saying, hey, let me go watch this. And then you sit through a whole show. I'm like, holy shit, this is terrible. <laughs> or it's trashy. Yeah, It's, you know... I get what they're trying to do here. You know, a lot of people have been begging for the attitude era to come back, etc. It's not going to 
improve the product. You need better creativity to to in order to do that. Do you think um, when events do step away, would a product change? It's possible. It's very possible. I'm not saying uh, 100% yes, but, you know, I think that somebody like Hunter has a tremendous mind for the business. Look at the what he did with uh, NXT. He yes. built this brand. Uh, that a lot of people loved, and it was it had this huge cult following, so to say. If he did that, you know, I think people, the thing with that is between that and Monday Night Raw is people are used to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw has a core audience that people have been watching for 30-something years. They've all been, it's the same people watching. They've been there since 1993 when it debuted. They're still watching. Those are the fans that are still watching Monday Night Raw. If uh, you know if that was NXT back in 1993, they'd still be watching. You get what I'm saying here? Absolutely. I don't think that you know if Hunter takes it over. I think there's a very good chance that um, it will be a very it'll be a different wrestling product. It might be somewhat the same. It might take a little while for it to change, but I think he's got a good mind for the business and a good mind of, for producing a good wrestling television show that it could be very good for WWE if he was the one to take it over. Absolutely. He's, this guy did his first big event at the Barclay Center for a takeover Brooklyn and sold it out. And that's one of the events that we will never forget because – you had a Sasha versus Bailey classic. You had a ladder match with Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens and a lot of other uh, great memories from that event. And then they moved on forward to going to UK, selling out of UK, and even doing Japan uh, for a few events. But uh, it's unfortunate what happened to the NXT brand as we watch it every Tuesday. I watch it, and uh, I went You're back to watching it. it. Now, I, I, I watch little tidbits. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Cora Jade trying to hit it with sk- skateboard that already broke in midair. A lot of stuff like that I watch. But uh, NXT, I don't even want to live in the era of the black and gold. It's, it's gone right now. But I can see Triple H doing some good things going forward if he does take over. If. Big if. Well, the also the other rumor that's been going around, or the the words that have been going around, is that he is involved in uh, T, uh, excuse me, NXT again. Which that there could be something. I don't know what he what his involvement in NXT is again this time around, but um, you know that could be in the best uh, interest for NXT. Yeah, it will be, but I don't think he's going to be involved in that. I think it's still going to be the same uh, NXT 2.0. Um, yeah. I think it's safe for him just to stay in the office for right now. You don't need him getting stressed out as well. You don't know what this guy is going through right now. I, my opinion, personal opinion, it could be better for the creativity aspect, or and or it could be better for uh, the scouting aspect, so to speak, rather than put on um, – the hell was it? What the hell is that guy's name? 
the guy Wayne the Train Bloom's son, the one that I can never get his name right. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Van, Van Wilder. Know, yeah, no, that's that movie with Ryan Reynolds. Um, Van Wagner. Oh, uh, Von Wagner. Uh, Von Wagner. You said Van Wagner. Van Wagner. Yes. <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. And no offense to Wayne Train Bloom. I, I mean, I was a fan of his. He wasn't like the world's greatest professional wrestler, um, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I I heard something earlier today. I think he should wear a mask. You he think? has the body. He has the power. Just put on a mask. They did. They had Kane do it. Kane had a mask on. Why not? And just come in and fuck people up. Just come. Fuck people up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the only one that I'm going to post as for us uh, right now. <laughs> What's up, Marcel from Adonis? How are you, sir? Thank you What's for tuning on, in. <laughs> uh, where else are we going here? What oh, a little tidbit say? about uh, last week Dynamite. What you thought of the brand new tag team champions? Uh, Swerve Strickland. Oh. And um, Keith Lee. I gotta be honest with you. I thought that was great. They yeah. teased a split Surprising. between the two. Yeah, they split, teased a split for uh, quite a what, quite a few weeks, and then uh, here they are. They're uh, they come back in and then and they win the titles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess nobody's gonna get the FTR versus the uh, the Bucks. Three for all the tag titles. Obviously, it went somewhere else. So, I kind of like the uh, surprise title change. Not everybody need to hold the championship long. And um, congratulations, old guys. You just said uh, something that kind of, and no offense to you, but uh, it kind of irked me a little bit. But you're saying that nobody needs to hold the championship long. My thing is that in today's era. <laughs> That's what's wrong with professional wrestling in a way. That's why title, titles are not taken seriously. They pass them around like a hot potato. You're right. But not all titles can have a longevity to them. Um, obviously, you got Roman Reigns who had the championship for over two years now, which is a good thing for the championship, but also a bad thing because now he's not there. He don't do regular TV. Um, he comes in once in a while. Yeah, he comes in once in a while, and then you got the TNT Championship. You know, TNT Championship got bounced around. That kind of got watered down because it got bounced around. Shouldn't it happen that way? But a title reign, if you want to last two years or 500 days, like Adana said for Jay Cargill, at least let the title uh, get held for like three or four months. It don't have to be six months. It don't have to be eight. At least have it be held for a certain amount of months. I do want to comment on this. Donna saying that Jade Cargo got the longest reign of 500 days. To me, that means absolutely nothing. It's a title that's been in existence for probably a year, a year and a half. Absolutely. You get, you get what I'm saying? I get it. That that's less than 500 days. Well, yeah. So <laughs> um, it's just... Yeah, you're right. I messed up there. But you get it's what I'm okay. saying. It's like it, the title has not been built up yet. They put it on her, but then they pass around the TBS title like it's a hot potato. 
which is supposed to be the equivalent of uh, the TNT title for women. Absolutely, and uh, plus her title, plus her uh, streak. What she's thirty two and zero. Uh, as yes, um, and now I got to tell you that they've been comparing her. Now I know this is kind of some Markish, etc., but they've been comparing her to Goldberg. State your opinion on this, Mister uh, Williams. Um, as we know, the Goldberg streak was a work. He really didn't even wrestle that many times with the streak. But <laughs> they had house shows. AEW didn't. So she's still at 30-something. You know? um, so basically, her her streak really don't mean anything because she's not re- wrestling the way Goldberg were wrestling back in the day. Yeah, time yeah, doesn't change. But still. I if you the... want to compare Asuka to Goldberg, they did that like oh. a, like a, she was a like that in NXT, Oscar. Yeah, yeah, but she was going out there putting in work. But Oscar and no, we've talked about this. But excuse me, that I, fuck this. I'm hitting that block button. You prick. Um, speaking of Goldberg, I'm going to bring this up. That the A and E biography on Goldberg aired over the weekend. Did you get a chance to watch this? No, I did not. I got catching up to do with the A&E series. I know they had the rivalries uh, with uh, Brett and Sean, which I don't watch a dozen of times, even seeing the match live. Um, but, nah, I didn't catch up on it. I heard it's a great series. I know they got a few coming up. Lex Luger. Um, I'm interested in that one. You know, yeah, I grew up watching it's supposed him, to have so. one for the network. It's supposed to be a... Legends, I think a Legends edition Lex, Lex Luger. So mm-hmm. this is makeup. Now I like this biography series. I thought um, last season was really good. I believe they did. They do Shawn Michaels. Uh, they do Foley. I believe they did a couple others. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a nice for WWE fans. Uh, now, mind you, I'm saying for WWE fans, a deep dive. So yeah, you know how they are. Points. Yeah, they they uh, they, they yeah they write their own stories. They'll ignore certain things. But the Undertaker one that came out last week that aired, I thought was phenomenal. They were showing pictures of him in Memphis and showed footage of him in Memphis, and you know they went through his uh, world class days and and how he hooked up with Percy Pringle, aka Paul Bearer, um, right away. And then obviously they worked together for a long amount of time in WWE uh, as The Undertaker and uh, Paul Bear. So The Undertaker one was I thought was great. And I'm not even like a huge like Undertaker fan. I, I respect the guy and understand his uh, importance to professional wrestling. Um, it's just not my thing. But, but I thought that it was a really, really great and interesting uh, documentary. And the same thing with Goldberg. I thought that they did a really, really good job putting a good story together uh, for fans of Goldberg. I liked it. I thought it was fun, a fun watch. Even though I'm not the world's biggest Goldberg fan, it was it was a pretty good watch. Yeah, I'm gonna take my um, my valuable time this weekend and go check it out. <laughs> I didn't even realize that the Rivals series was uh, airing 
at the same time. I guess it airs right before it or right after it. Uh, so I missed the Brent and Sean one. Obviously, I know the entire story. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, it's been talked to death, but I'm sure that a nice A&E biography version uh, should be pretty good. I guess this past weekend, uh, Undertaker and Kane has, had also aired, which I, uh, I'm going to have to catch up on. Yeah, I'll definitely catch up on this weekend and check them out and then let you know how I like them. Heard it was real good, though. Uh, AEW Dynamite tomorrow. Of course, we will be talking about it this coming Thursday, uh, 9 p.m. Make sure you tune in live here on YouTube and Twitch. Um, and if you want to catch us afterwards, catch up on uh, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else. Uh, we are now on uh, Good Pods, by the way. Uh, it's basically social media for um, podcasts. It's a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you go over there. Give us a five-star review, and you can listen through there as well. So anyways, AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2 is tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be a barbed wire death match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. How do you feel about this match here, Marcel? This match going to be brutal, especially for it to be on TBS. And then you got a uh, shark week for uh... – TBS and TNT and Discovery. So now we got uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society in a shark cage. So this match is full of gimmicks. Um, but I can see um, Eddie Kingston. You know what? I take it back. I see Chris Jericho taking it. He has I'd, like to say, I'd like to say Eddie Kingston, but every time I bet against Jericho, that's when he takes the win. <laughs> so... You can't, you know, I, I thought he was going to lose that hair versus hair. And little did I know. He, here he came. He won. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Jericho on that one. We also have Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. This is a Luch, uh, excuse me, Christian Cage's first match in almost two months or a month and a half, I believe. And they're going to be taking on the Varsity Blondes. Of course, Christian Cage had some not so nice things to say about Brian Pillman. Junior's father, the late great Brian Pillman Sr., I guess you can call him. <laughs> Flying yeah. Brian Pillman. Yeah, Chris is on a roll with his promos. He has the must-see promos of the week, and he's continuing it. And now he's teamed up with Luchasaurus to take on the Varsity Blondes to continue this momentum with Luchasaurus. I just say, I want to step aside for a second before I run down the rest of these matches that I was a little bit leery, a little bit leery when uh, Christian Cage came into uh, AEW. I think Christian Cage is a phenomenal performer. I loved him in WWE, loved him in uh, TNA. Uh, he's a great, great professional wrestler. I wasn't sure how he'd fit in at his, this stage in his career in AEW. And he struggled a little bit. Personally, I feel that he struggled a little bit. But I think that this is the best version of Christian Cage that there has been in a very, very long time. Even in his you know, final WWE run, I feel like this is the best version of Christian Cage right now that I've seen in, a couple, in quite a few years. I agree with that. This is kind of a, a better run than Edge on the other side of the fence with uh, WWE. Um, your best 100%. friend, Edge. 
Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I feel Christian is on top of his game right now, and he don't even have to have a championship uh, to do this. He's just doing it and building a story against Jungle Boy to make that pop sound electric when that music come on and he comes out there house of fire and hopefully try to get his hands on christian cage i don't want to get sued <laughs> he has a last name now all right <laughs> yeah he does uh we're gonna see brody king taking on darby allen this can go one of you know two different ways it can either be a slaughter or it can just be really intense um this could be slaughter. I think Darby Allen go put some fight in, but this is the win for Brody King. Of course, we have uh, Blackpool Combat Club. I almost stuttered there. I tried to caught myself. John Moxley <laughs> and Wheeler Yuta taking on best friends. I see John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta taking it for the moment. I'm going to ROH. Um, what do you think about John Moxley interim? AEW championship run. I'm not a fan, personally. I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of the interim championship at this time. You know, I understood why they did it mm -hmm. or why they do it, you know, in certain companies. Obviously, you know, the, it is something that happens in UFC and stuff like that. Uh, on my way home from work, I was uh, listening to uh, Fight Nation on uh, Sirius XM and I was hearing this whole different conversation about, you know, interim championships. And it's like, uh, nobody's actually a fan of interim championships. They want to see the real thing. And Absolutely. when they come back, the, the original champion, the actual champion, it doesn't end up being a champion versus champion because, and now this is the point that they were making that the guy was not necessarily even the champion, the guy that's the interim champion. So that's, that's an interesting, I thought it was an interesting way to look at things. And so it's not technically even a champion versus champion match. So um, I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't think that this is really holding up much uh, personally, at least for me. Uh, mm. I've become quite disinterested in John Moxley. Actually, I was a huge fan uh, when he arrived in AEW, but it seems like he uh, currently it's he's not doing much for me. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like the steam done went down a little bit. He was real hot a few weeks ago. Um, even blood and guts, it seemed like he wasn't even the champion. Like he wasn't the main guy. Even right. this tag match right here, same deal. So hopefully he comes out of it and hopefully it builds up to a big match for CM Punk where it means something, but Right now, the steam is kind of a little bit low on John Moxley. Um, that's all I have right now. Was there any other matches? I heard that some other matches were going to be announced. Uh, I don't know if they were announced at the time, you know, after me taking notes at all. Or Nah, there that was mostly it for right now. Um, just that, and hopefully they try to build up to All Out on September uh, 4th. Which is uh, another segue because we got the announcement today that Kenny Omega may be returning by All Out. This is correct. Uh, I did hear that as well. Um, appreciate you breaking that in here. I'm kind of excited to see Kenny come back. I think uh, nah. he's been gone too long. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I feel like the product of AEW is suffering quite a bit right now. Uh, there's a lot of people out on the injury list. A lot of big heavy hitters out on the in- injury list. Look at uh, Brian Danielson. You've got um, oh the champion CM Punk. Jesus Christ, I almost could not remember who I was about to say. So, you know that I think that that takes away a lot right there. And Kenny's been out for it's been almost a year, right? So it's just about yeah. Last match he had was at Full Gear. Yeah, so he's one of those guys that really it's uh, it's kind of brutal when your biggest stars are not there. It, the comp- the product and the company suffers. I mean, you have John Moxley, but like we just said in the previous segment here, that its esteem has gone down a little bit. I've grown disinterested. I don't know how many fans are still interested. I mean, he still gets a huge pop every time his music hits. So, um it could just be me personally, but I've I've grown dis, disinterested. But I'd like to see where it's going to go when Kenny comes back. Is this going to be – is he going to come back as a babyface? Is he going to come back with uh, Don Callis as his manager? I think Don Callis was a, awesome with Kenny Omega. Absolutely. He was the Paul Heyman to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that uh, that coming up, and um, I hope soon. You know, like you said, all out. So when's that? Is that in September? September we got a lot of wrestling coming up in the next few weeks. You know that? A lot, yeah. a lot of wrestling and big shows, too. None of this is a – I don't even know how I'm going to have time to watch all this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and finally, in, in closing – we got the Rick Fair last match, um, the final <laughs> Jim Crockett Promotions event. Um, it was announced yesterday, Rick Flair teaming with Andrade against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, boy. All right. Wait, before you say something, the big news is okay. as well, this event was at the Nashville Fair Gardens, wasn't it? The Nashville Fairgrounds, which is, you know, legendary, legendary uh, venue for professional wrestling for decades, since the 1950s, I believe. Well, now it has been moved to a bigger venue, which is the Memphis Auditorium. This show is going to be a super show. There's people from all different promotions coming in, but before I start talking anything about any of the other promotions or matches and stuff like that, I was really interested, you know, in finding out who Ric Flair was going to wrestle. I was really interested in, you know, I was really intrigued in this, but I was scared to death for Ric Flair. You get what I'm saying? Because he's 73 years old. I don't want to see him die in the ring. And obviously there was speculation that it was going to be some sort of a tag match. And yes, a tag match was delivered when they announced it. Uh, It's kind of scary thinking about this. You know, Um, this is not necessarily even (laughs) the match that I would want to see. No offense. I'm a huge fan of Rick. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. I think Andrade is killing it 
right now in AEW. I think he's a future AEW world champion as well. This match, I mean, I could be completely wrong. This could be an amazing match, and I'm sure that it will be very good. I'm sure the three gentlemen will carry this match. Jeff, I've seen recently wrestle uh, for Game Changer. I thought he put on a phenomenal match against uh, Effie. Yeah. Yeah, I said that. Put on a good match with Effie. Um, I think that they're going to do most of the work. (laughs) Just not a big fan of his. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that they're just going to put on a good match. And I think that Ric Flair will get in there, do a few things. But he's going to be protected, which I think is the right way to go. go. Um, It's not really the match that I wanted to see, though. I was hoping to see something a little bit different. I'm going to... I do want to comment on this, seeing that I didn't block this asshole. Um, <laughs> do you think it's, there's going to be blood? Yes, absolutely. 100% there will be blood. I it can was blood in the promo. Yeah. It was uh, blood in the promo. Ric Flair has stated that he does want to bleed in his final match. So uh, we'll have to see how that works out. I think that... It, I'm kind of scared to watch it, but I could be pleasantly surprised as well. Yeah, like you said, you got three performers in there that's going to protect them. Um, so that's that's a good news. But it's still, we still don't want Ric Flair going out here uh, having his pacemaker pop. So hopefully it all works out fine. It's a great undercard for the event. Changed the venue, so it's a bigger event. So it just has turned into a super show. And final event, final farewell for Jim Crocker Promotions, which I feel like is is great because they really never got the farewell that they deserved back in the 80s. They pretty much got absorbed by Ted Turner and Ted turning it into WCW, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So um, I just want to say, do you mind if I run down the matches for this show? Because I uh, this show. You can. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it later in the week as well, um, because I think this is this show is a stacked show. Why didn't they try to? I think that they. I think that they knew they were going to sell out the Nashville Fairgrounds, and and that's why they ended up having to move the venue. But they probably had to test it. Because this show is stacked. If I could be there, I would. We got the Impact World Champion. Josh Alexander defending against former MLW world champion Jacob Fatu, which I think bell to bell is going to be a really, really intense matchup. Absolutely. I mean, it's first time ever matchup between two. Um, this is uh, in a promotional show as it ever was. You got all promotions, WWE, AEW, MLW, AAA, um, Impact Wrestling, all under one roof. See, the Impact Knockouts champion Jordan Grace defends against Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel Ellering in a three-way. Uh, this right here, probably going to be another great matchup. Yeah, I see that being a good matchup as well. Uh, Ricky and Kerry Morton taking with Robert Gibson. I'm surprised as the Robert, you know, I guess that they went through their farewell and Robert is uh, no longer. There's no more, no Rock and Roll Express anymore, but it's Ricky, Ricky not teaming up with Kerry. Uh, taking on Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson. So I think this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup. I think Kerry Morton's got a pretty good uh, future ahead of him as a, as a wrestling star. Yes, he does. And I see Brock Anderson as well. Um, 
learning some uh, great things from his dad. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., obviously we know how what he does. He's been improving a lot after the few years, but it should be a solid tag team match. We got Phoenix taking on Loretto Kid, taking on Tarus and Bandito in a four-way match. The Lucha Libre heaven, high spot heaven. This is going to be all over the place. It is. This, this match is going to be a show stiller. Of course, this one. You ready? I'm ready. I'm waiting for this matchup. I'm waiting for this to happen. It's a reunion of the Wolves. Davey Richard and Eddie Edwards taking on the Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. You are talking about that last match going to be the match stealer, the, the show stealer. I think this is going to be the best match of the night. Yeah, this is a tag team dream match. So Yes, uh, absolutely. Two former Impact Tag Team Champions and um, former ROH Champions as well, the Wolves. This is going to be a, a battle of two great teams of the past. Got Killer Cross taking on Davey, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, representing Major League Wrestling. This is going to be a, a very power contest. Uh, Clark Connors, uh, he is a he was just in New Japan, correct? Am I correct? This is a New Japan match as well. All right, that's right. He was on the he was part of the four way for the Mid Atlantic title. Is that the, the same all, guy? The All Atlantic. Oh, all Atlantic. I'm sorry. <laughs> all, all of the Atlantic, not just the all Atlantic. the Atlantic. That's right. He's taking on Ren Yurita. Uh, that's going to be a pretty good match. I'm just making sure that I had the right guy in my mind. Uh, and of course, the Von Eriks of Marshall and Ross taking on the Briscoes. Do we even need to talk about this match? We everybody knows this is just going to be straight fire right here. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a real good match. Uh, I'm just going to answer Adonis' question. You can watch this on Fight TV. I believe it's $34.99 to purchase. Uh, it's going to be a really, really great show. I think it's really worth every penny just from, like, this. You know what I mean? I think it's worth that just on the Wolves and the uh, Motor City Machine Guns match and then that Lucha Libre match. Like, any of these matches, I think, that are worth that price. Yes, it's, it's it's worth the mission just for the undercar alone. You watch it July thirty first, six oh five, the famous six oh five on Fight TV. Let's talk some SummerSlam before we get out of here. Absolutely, from the Nissan so Stadium in East, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. The night before. The Ric Flair's last match. I told you, man, there is so much wrestling going on these next couple weekends. It is really, really intense, and we are going to be busy covering all these shows for y'all. So make sure you stay tuned to PWZ Podcast in the coming weeks. It's going to be a very busy few weeks. Uh, for In uh, SummerSlam, July 30th, 8 p.m. on Peacock. Premium. The last month. Oh, Live that's right. Of that. We got the, uh, I'm just going to say, pay per view. Last man standing <laughs> match, it's going to be for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That is too long of a name and the dumbest name. It's going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I don't know, man. I, I, have, I have no they idea. They say this is the final time. 
They do. Is it? You know, I'm sitting here saying, man, there's a good chance. It could actually happen. Brock wins. But at the same time, I'm like, sure as fuck's not going to happen. No, nah, I don't see it happening. I don't even see theory cashing in on any of these guys, truthfully, or even being successful. Um, too soon. Too soon. And um, it just, I don't know, man. Hopefully it's the last time they have faced each other at every event possible. And this is the only match that they didn't do under their so many matches. They had cage matches. They had regular matches. Now this is the last man standing. And I see Roman Reigns coming out here, continuing to reign. I'm going to get into this question right here. Uh, I'm going to mention this. It is, of course, uh, I got the whole matches here, but I want to mention this. Uh, of course, it is the Usos against the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee. Mind you, Jeff Jarrett's working both nights. He's working SummerSlam, and he's working Ric Flair's last match. Ain't that some shit? So, Adonis is saying that the Street Profits are going to win the Raw and SmackDown championships. I'm going to say, no, they're not. I'm going to say, on this evening, mark it here. You ready? You ready? Showtime? I'm ready. Street Profits are going to split up. I can see They've that happening. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening, and I can see Jeff Jarrett uh, costing them the championship. Yeah, that's that's a you know I didn't even think of that. It's got to happen, right? Because he's gonna come down there. He's gonna have that guitar. He could very well hit one of them, and then the other one blames him. There you go, and that's where it starts. I love me some Jeff Jarrett, but it just seems so random that he's involved in this matchup. And we know why we in the city of Nashville. That's actually, you know what? That does make sense. Andy just got a new job there, too, behind the scenes. Absolutely. And they've run out of legends to you. So Jeff Jarrett is one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put this up on the screen. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I get that you predicted the Money in the Bank Championship, but guess what? You got to pay attention, sir. They've been teasing the split between the Street Profits. It's okay, let's not, you know, I, I get it. But you won that night, but not this not this coming not night. Not this night. If they don't split, I will come back here for the post show and say I was wrong. But I think that it's going to happen on this night. We've also got the women's, the Raw Women's Championship. I keep forgetting. You know, I got to make sure I say which show it is. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, they should not have separated titles anymore if the shows are not separated anymore. If the brand extensions not happen. You are correct, but this match right here is a year in the making. Last year at SummerSlam, we supposed to have the WrestleMania right. rematch between Sasha and Bianca. And we didn't get that. Sasha was somehow he wasn't even uh, part of the show at all. They played all these uh, promos and everything last minute to make it seem like we all get this uh, rematch, and it never happened. We had Carmella come out, and she was a decoy for Becky Lynch return, 
and Becky Lynch beat her in 26 seconds. Bullshit. And yeah, it was bullshit. But Bianca Belair won the Rumble. Matter of fact, I take that back. She did not win the Rumble. I correct myself. She won. <laughs> that was the year before, brother. That was the year before. I get my years mixed up now. Pandemic. Blame the pandemic. <laughs> Bianca won the Elimination Chamber to uh, face uh, Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, and she defeated Becky Lynch. After that, you've seen Becky Lynch go on a losing streak, been flipping out on TV, and she finally beat Asuka two weeks ago. Now she's the number one contender against Bianca Belair. So this is a match of redemption because now Bianca got to beat her at the same event that she got embarrassed at a year ago. All right, let's see. The SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan taking on Ronda Rousey. Liv is, uh, I think, Liv is. Yeah, go ahead. I see Ronda taking this one. You think so? You think, oh, man, you might just piss off the guy in the chat already. You think that it's just going to be a one-month title reign? At me, at Showtime, Marcel, (laughs) on social media. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I think Ronda's going to take it. I think it's entirely possible. I think that... uh, if Liv does retain, it's going to be, nah, I wouldn't say it's some shenanigans, but I think it'd be something like Ronda's caught off guard. Yeah, I yeah. see that happening. And then Ronda could destroy her at the end. Yeah. Do the, the hill turn that we all been waiting for. That's true, too. Uh, for the United States Championship, Bobby Lashley taking on Theory. Theory is, of course, the Money in the Bank champion or title, or excuse me, briefcase holder. I don't see Theory walking out with this belt, but if there is, then there will be some shenanigans. Yeah, I don't see Theory walking out with it either. They had a real good match at Money in the Bank last month, and um, actually early on this month they had it, but... uh. I see Bobby Lashley continuing this reign. The match that was announced last night, Logan Paul taking on The Miz. Logan Paul's taking this match. Absolutely. Without question. Because that's WWE's style. Never mind a wrestler that has many years of experience. Some jabroni coming out of YouTube land. Comes in and just rolls him up for a victory. Hey, this is Jabroni signed a, a WWE contract. He's full time now, so yeah. Are they gonna be mad at him for being a YouTuber? No, I'm not that mad that deal you went away, right? Because you had yeah, the Miz was a reality show person, so I mean, well, you remember that they had a problem with people doing third party uh, stuff like that for a while. They were telling everybody they had to cancel their. Twitch channels and YouTube channels and all that shit, but I think that that uh, eventually went away, if I remember correctly. It took a yeah, while, it, but it, it went away. It went away, but you, do you really think Logan Paul really going to sign a contract that says that? You'd be like, nah. No. This yeah. guy That's where he made all his money. His, yeah. This guy already bring his sports drink on TV. So that's more promotion yeah. for him. We got Seth Rollins taking on Matt Riddle. This match is going to be a uh, match of the night. Wow. Wow. Okay. Be, uh, either that or Bianca and Becky. 
I think Bianca and Becky's going to be real good. I've seen them wrestle a couple different times, and they've always been really good. Uh, this could be a very, very, very – I think you're right. Actually, now that I'm looking at the, the lineup, <laughs> I think that you're right. We've also got Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. I don't I even know what to say about real this. Good. Really? Yeah, I can see it being real good. Listen, when Corbin want to perform, he performs well, even though nobody likes him. Um, Pat McAfee, he got it run through his veins. He had a great performance at WrestleMania and asso with uh, Adam Cole early on in the NXT era, black and gold. So I see this match being a, a real good, solid one. Well, all right. And that is our uh, SummerSlam predictions. Of course, there's still a week away, so anything that is added, we will definitely be talking to you as uh, that time comes up. Absolutely. So, so, if there's nothing else, do you have anything else you need to throw in here this evening? Nah, we caught up on everything. We will be back here Thursday night to reco- uh, to review um, Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, I forgot the name of the show. Dynamite, just that quick. <laughs> But uh, we'll be here back on Thursday again to review Dynamite and go into the weekend to enjoy some professional wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling coming up, guys. Get out there and support your independence and your local stuff. Uh, and have just have fun, okay? Enjoy professional wrestling, and we'll see you Thursday night. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro Wrestling Vault, Vault, Volume Volume 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC,